Let's Define Win, a podcast for everyday horse enthusiasts to laugh, commiserate, and learn that life is all about how you define wins. All right, folks, we are back for week eight, episode eight. Um, And we're going to keep this one pretty short and sweet this week because we know you're spending time with uh, your families, your friends, your other loved ones. And we're just going to talk a little bit about thankfulness, you know, what we're thankful for, for our trainers, what we're thankful for, for our horses, what we're thankful for in the industry, and then uh, let you get back to your Thanksgiving festivities. We're going to prove we're not heartless. We're going to show you guys something. Believe it or not, we are thankful. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, I think we should talk about what we're most thankful for, not even like just that our trainer does for us, but I also think just taking that a step further and talking about um, what are we thankful for, like the industry, what are we thankful for, like our horses, maybe what they've taught us, maybe the lessons we've learned, that aspect. I like it. It seems good. So I think what comes, what comes to mind for me when I think of like what I appreciate about trainers and what even just draws me to use them in general, right, is I, I like to surround myself, I think, with, like, people who I would like to have qualities from. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I look, I'm very, I'm careful who I would pick. I, I would say I'm careful who I pick a trainer, who I pick to be my trainer, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. And, you know, obviously for a multitude of reasons, but also, like, one of the things that comes to mind is, like, character. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've really noticed and why I like having a trainer is because I notice like everyone that I have is like super driven, super motivated, like confident, like you have to be confident just in general to be a professional, I would say in this industry. Mm -hmm. And then motivation and independence too. But like more like, to be very frank though, you have to be, I would say you have to have a large, maybe not a large, but a decent amount of insanity to be a trainer, right? Like, like who's yeah. like, I'm going to take six plus kids across the country. And it's not like, okay, kids, get yourselves and pack your bags and get in the back of the van. Like, that's not what it is at all. Like, you have to pack for these children, get these children in a huge trailer that's a pain in the butt to pull around. And then, as if that wasn't enough, like, these children try to kill themselves along the way. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to a show and you're there like a weekend, a week, a month, whatever it is, and you don't sleep and they, you know, rinse, repeat and you got like for months on end. And then, yeah. you know, that's, I guess another, that brings up another point too that I appreciate is like the passion too, right? Like you're going to tell me like you don't sleep for like a month or whatever at like a show, for example, Congress or something like that. Like yeah. if you're not passionate and you're like at Congress and you're not driven or any of that, like it's just going to be miserable. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think, you know, I also really strive to surround myself with people with qualities that, like, I admire and I want to see more of my, like, more of in my own life. When I think about, you know, the barn that I'm in now, it's like Julie is so driven and she's, like, like, she works a nine to five and then comes home and works nine to four or, you know, like, six to whatever, you know what I mean? Like, 
like I'll text her at 1030 at night and she'll respond and I know she's still in the barn or she'll text me back at 415 in the morning. Like I know she's getting up to like walk out there and take care of my horse, you know, like she's so driven and so caring and she's also a perfectionist, which sometimes drives me nuts when it's like 115 degrees and we're out doing a hunt seat lesson in the beating sun and like I can't get my diagonal I'm like it's fine I'll get it in the show pen and she's like no we are not going in until you do it or you're not going in until you do it and your heels are down and your toes are pointed you know forward and not out to the side you know like whatever it is um I appreciate that and I also appreciate her honesty, you know, like, I think sometimes trainers maybe don't want to tell you, like, yeah, that, that looked pretty terrible, you know, like, that, that class did not go well, and so they'll be like, oh, you know, that was pretty good, you know, things, things looked okay, or, you know, whatever their niceties they yeah. have to do to get around it, like, if I had a terrible go, I'm going to come out and she's going to say, well, that was bad. You know, these are the things that went wrong. And these are, this is why it went wrong. You know, it's never a, that was terrible. That was on you. That was your fault. It's a, this is why that didn't go the way we expected it to go type thing. And I really appreciate those teachable moments. You know, like, I'm really thankful for those. I think another thing that that brings up too is like, they're so good at understanding like where you are at emotionally like, mm -hmm. you may come out in, like, absolute tears or whatever, and, you know, like, you, that wasn't, you know, where do they bill for dealing with tears, you know, like, I've never exactly. that an invoice, but, like, you know, they're, like, okay, like, you know, let's get everyone back on the same page here, calm back down, and now, you know, let's, what went right? Okay, all right, there are just one or two things, all right, let's build off that and talk about your 20 that went wrong, but, you know, understand yeah. why that is and how we're going to fix that for the next class. Because, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, like, part of them becomes a bit of, like, you know, obviously a coach for, you know, mm -hmm. coaching you on the ring and riding your horse, but, like, a bit of a life coach. Like, I don't know how many times I've been, like, what would you, what would you do in my position, you know? Should mm -hmm. I do that or should I not do that? Someone told me about this, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, well, you know, for what you want to do, where you want to go, I, you know, and just, like, so on and so forth. Like, mm -hmm. being able to bounce, like, ideas and situations off of them, I think, is super helpful, too. It's so cool, because, like, obviously, like, their job, like, what you pay them for is to, like, take care of your horse and treat your horse with skill. But it's, like, no, like, they wake up in the middle of the night thinking about your horse. You know, they get up in the morning, they go up and, like, feed your horse, you know, like, their horse becomes, like, a part of their, like, your horse becomes part of their family, and, like, they care for it, you know, they, like, they literally have that horse's best interest in mind, and your best interest in mind, so, like, you're, you pay for them to take care of your horse, but, like, they end up taking care of you, too, like, I would say Julie is my friend first and foremost, like, I wouldn't even say she's my horse trainer at this point, like, we are, like, friends, we're family, you know, you can have, like, a full life conversation with, mm -hmm. with her, and it's, like, and it's cool, it's comfortable, it's great, you know, and, like, I'm so thankful for that relationship. Yeah, right, like, at the end of it, right, right, you get, you pay for this, you pay for that, you pay for whatever, and, you know, you go through all these, you crush goals, you miss goals, you, you know, have all these hurdles, and, you know, at the end of the day, you get your invoice, 
and there's no line on there for being a friend, right? Like there's no like, oh, you know, your bill's $800, 750 of those dollars were for being your friend and 50 else was for board, right? Like like that. It's just like, no, that just happens naturally, right? Mm -hmm. At least for the most part. Um, And that, I guess, kind of goes into like how people choose to pick their trainers and their like individual relationships. Like that's been, I think a lot, a lot of people I'd say have been like writing in and saying like that they're so thankful for the skills that their trainer has given them, but also, you know, building them as a character, as a person and being just a friend along the way too. And how they choose to like watch out for their family and their friends and kind of just take everyone in and build that community culture. Yeah, like almost every single ride-in that we had had, you know, something to do with like, you know, encouraging me, helping me find the positive points, you know, caring for my horse like it's their own, you know, making my horse happy, you know, like making me happy, you know, being being a positive figure in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I think that is so powerful and so cool, you know? There's been a couple people that say like, they just like, take on like a role in their family like kind of like what you were saying about julie and i just you never go in with a goal mm-hmm. of being like i want to become this person's really good friend like that's some of the goal yeah. like i want to have these goals with my horse and i hope this person can help me achieve it and along the lines um no like along the lines like you become attached like you have a relationship like you become family you know what i mean like even if you know goals change horses change whatever you know and you move on to different parts in your career like that person's always going to be someone who shaped your life at that point you know good or bad hopefully it's for the good like we're thankful for the good but I also think you can be thankful for the bad you know if you do have that experience what if what if they don't think we're friends with them what if they're like oh this is news to us what if they listen to this and they're like oh okay hey yeah Please don't count me as part of your family because I'm embarrassed by you 95% of the time. Exactly. And I'd like to think that we're friends. Who knows, though? Maybe we're not. (laughs) Maybe they're just really good at faking it. Maybe I am mistaken. Maybe the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Would not be the first time. Probably won't be the last. I know I've learned like a lot of lesson life lessons through horses like do you have any good examples I would say the biggest life lesson that I've like taken away from all of this understanding what you need to know to be enough to be dangerous but not necessarily enough to you know be the professional if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, you know at the end of the day you're your own advocate you are your and your horse's advocate Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think it's important to understand enough to be dangerous when it comes to, like, picking goals, trainers, all that and stuff. Mm-hmm. And to not let someone else speak for you when it comes to that. Yeah. No, I think, that's good. I think that's good. Thank you. Not I mean, there's a lot more, too, but, like, that's the biggest one that comes to mind. What I've learned, and maybe this has like evolved. I think it has evolved. Like I think it's changed. It's kind of meaning for me. But the thing that I've learned is like you have to work for it and you have to want it and you can't go through seasons where you're just faking it. Either your horse is just going to know and they're not going to try as hard and they're not going to, you know, perform to their best if you're just kind of like, eh, you know, like I'm not in it today. Like I'm not really 
wanting to be that good today. And so like finding that drive to like continually stay in it. And I think there's a lot of things that can go with that. But I mean, like life is the same way. You know what I mean? Like if you're not in it, you're not working for it every single day, you're not going to get anything out of it. Yeah. And like set your standards. Yeah, like setting your standards and like setting what you're going to like be okay with and what you're not going to be okay with. And I know, because again, like I take it back to horses. Like if you go in there, you don't really care. Your body language sucks. Your horse is not going to pivot. Your horse is not going to, you know what I mean? Like I guess in showmanship is what I'm thinking of. But you know, like if you don't go in there and set the tone and like work for it, you're not going to get, your horse isn't going to know what you want and they're not going to do what you think you're asking for and so it's like the same thing with life you know like if you're not working at it like right. putting like being clear with it or whatever if you have to have every practice you're never gonna know what you that's just gonna become your 100 percent, right if you do 50 percent every time or whatever percentage mm-hmm. that just becomes your new 100 percent, and you're not gonna know the difference when you get in your well you will know the difference when you get in the arena and you don't have a hundred percent anymore and you're like oh yeah i see we've lost Wow, that got hard. Yeah, you just have to work for everything. Yeah. I know that I am thankful that horses have brought so many, like, really incredible people into my life. You know? Like, (laughs) at Maddie, Madeline Rogers. Um, No, but I, like, look around and think, you know, I lead the 4-H horse program in my county, and so, and, like, like, I love all of my girls. They're all a huge part of my life. But I think, like, literally all of my close-knit of friends, pretty much, I met through horse shows, through 4-H, you know, whatever. And I think that's really, really cool and something that shouldn't be taken for granted. Yeah. I think another thing, that, like, what you kind of point out, too, is, like, a lot of the people that I've met in the horse industry that I, you know, show with or, you know, ride with or whatever are very highly motivated individuals. Like you just have to be by the nature of it, right? You know, whether you have them in your backyard and you have to go out and take care of them every day after work and it's freezing cold or, you know, it's super hot in the summer or whatever, and you don't want to, like, you know, you have to. And this is after you've already worked a full-time job. And, you know, if you're if you have kids, you've already taken care of them and everything else or whatever your priorities are. Maybe you just don't take care of your kids and it's only a horse. <laughs> what, whatever floats your boat, man. But I mean, like, I think something that I have found is like, you know, I'll talk to someone and I won't like necessarily always realize what's there. And then, you know, I'll start talking and like realize, you know, that, oh, they actually like, you know, say it's a horse show and, you know, the show goes from like 8 to, you know, 8 p.m. or whatever. And then they go back to the hotel and work for four hours or whatever just to get up, repeat, and go take care of the horse in the morning. Like, right. there are some very highly motivated individuals that I have met and I really enjoy that and appreciate that. No, I really think that, like, I'm constantly challenged by the people yeah. that I've met at horse shows. Again, because of that, like, there's just so much drive and there's just so much, like want to be there and like you can see like kind of the sacrifices that people make in order to be there yeah I mean there just has to like there has to be driving motivation right or else who's gonna go if you're not motivated or if you're not driven to know like where you stand no one's gonna go put themselves out in the middle of the arena and say judge me and tell me why I'm not great 
or, you know, or tell me why I am great. You know, usually for me, it's more of the former, but, you know, sometimes we'll maybe get to where it's more of the why I'm great. But I think not to, like, backtrack on the topics at all, but, like, no, do it. I also really appreciate, like, when we're, t- we're talking about drive and motivation, like, that just reminds me of, like, all the different hats that, like, trainers or DIYers have to have, right? These people are basically, like, semi-drivers or truck drivers. They're basically vets just without the, the end of their name. Like, they're basically exactly. nutritionists. Like, I can't tell you, like, I've seen a couple, like, vet totes or whatever, like, they're med totes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's so complicated. And they'll, like, look at the horse and they'll be like, mm, we should do whatever, whatever. Yeah. There's just so many things. I think that different hats that they wear that I just am really kind of goes back to like the drive and like always being there and like shit they don't sleep for how many hours on and they show up prim and proper and ready to go and then they go show a horse and they look like a million bucks yeah yeah I'm always so impressed like I roll up to the barn looking like the hot mess express at like every single horse show in it's even like when I've tried hard and then like you come walking in and you see them and they are like dressed, which I guess it's like, it's part of their business. So whatever, but like they are dressed, like their hair is done, their makeup is on, like they look good and they're like, Hey, good morning. Like ready to go. And I was like, I need to go sit on the couch for a few minutes and just yeah. yeah, hold on. And drive here is just a lot for me to handle. I'll be ready to go. In I just emotionally am not, not there. Yeah, so I guess, like, whether or not you have a trainer, um, you know, we've got, like, the life lessons that we've learned, but also I think anyone who owns a horse in general has so many things to be thankful for about the horse. Like, the one that comes to mind, I know I've said this before, but, like, bless the non-halter horse that lets you take them into a halter class. They let you, like, they don't understand, like, that they're good or not good at something. They understand Mm -hmm. that screwed up, but, like, they also don't know, like, they also, on that point, they also don't know that I'm ugly, right? Like, <laughs> hey, Manny, what's up? Like, they don't know that, like, oh, God, it's the girl that's the Hot Mess Express is rolling back down the aisle. All she's good for is my food. Yeah. No, I'm, like, so thankful that, like, well, and I had to be a little bit careful because Toby has a great memory, and it serves him well every single time. He's just always so willing to, like, be put through absolute nonsense because like I don't know what I'm doing half the time and sometimes it literally does take me like 12 laps around the practice pen to freaking pick up my correct diagonal and he's just like whatever okay dude like we're gonna go I'm really fat and out of shape but I'm gonna keep trotting so you can figure yourself out you know like he's so good and so willing and you know like just lets me do what I need to do to figure stuff out and he's just like okay whatever like thanks mom you're you're the worst, but I love you. Yeah. I remember, like, standing on the wall during the showmanship, and, like, we weren't moving, but everyone else was moving, and Dory's just, like, checking everything out, like, bopping over, looking at Maddie. She's like, I think we did pretty good, Maddie. She's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is so fun. I'm glad we're bonding by ourselves and none yeah. of the other horses are around us. Like, they were too close anyways. I'd rather spend more time with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, yeah, I think it's so funny, like, Cause you can like you'll see like a horse and a rider still on the wall usually it's me or whatever and like i'll start to slowly be like oh my gosh like this is so embarrassing like yeah can we just like speed this up and get me out of the arena please and dory's just like bopping around she's like look i'm on the big screen all the way back here and like yeah looking around the people and stuff and i'm like no dory no we should be you know taking this moment to better ourselves for the next class and dory's like i think we did pretty good 
Like, I feel happy. Yeah, Toby always checks himself out on the big screen. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> fine. If that's if that's your win for the day, buddy, that can be your win for the day. The other thing that horses don't realize that I really appreciate is a dollar value. I mean, you know, sure, they understand, like, the dollar value between, like, hay or whatever that they're getting. But, like, you look at a horse and the horse might go, you know what, I'm a million-dollar horse, bitch. Treat me like it. But they're not going to look at another horse and be like, that horse is, you know, however much hundred dollars or whatever, and I'm worth ten, fifteen. That horse is a two hundred dollar horse. <laughs> right. And I'm over here at two million and I'm just better than them. Like no horse has that attitude. They just don't understand that. And I absolutely adore that. They might think that they're great, but they don't look at like another horse and go, Man, I bet that horse costs fifty thousand more dollars than I do. Yeah, I've never thought about that. But yeah, like horses have no understanding of monetary value. Which is probably why they do shit like pull their brand new shoes or rip their sheet or whatever. Gosh, Malanta. I that drives me nuts. you made that connection for me. Yeah. But no, like you're right. Like horses are just like they're truly just there to please you and they don't really know any different. No. I That's mean cool. they might be like, wow, this blanket fits so much better than the one that was like thirty inches too small for me, but like you know, it's not like they're like, oh my gosh, thanks for spending an extra $50 to get me the really nice one. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like that at all. They're just like, oh, thanks for the new blanket. No, I think that's cool. Like, that, that, that way they don't understand that I'm poor, right? Like, Yeah, now that, now I, it all makes sense. So what is the most ridiculous lesson you've ever been taught via horses? Like mine, I can share. Always pack an extra pair of pants and probably underwear when going to a horse show. Learned this while at a rodeo with Dixie, and we were goat time, and it was like it was pretty wet out. Like I won't, I won't disregard that. But we're running down for the goat tie. It's literally the last event of the rodeo right so we're like running down everything's great whatever and i'm going and so like go tie is like you run down and you get off while the horse is running and then they take a hard right and then you know you just drop off right by the goat right instead of like you know taking the hard right like she had done every single time we have ever done this she just decides she's gonna stop well you know what's the what's what's the rule like something that stays in motion Isaac Newton's like yeah. second law of physics, I think. Well, my ass stayed in motion. I go flying through the air. I don't know how, but end up like on my ass, just sliding through the mud. Get up, get the goat, whatever. But like literally, I had so much mud on my pants. We had to take them off and leave them. Like we had to throw my pants away <laughs> because they were so muddy. So always pack extra pants. That's my lesson. That's a good one. The biggest lesson, no, but the most ridiculous lesson I have learned to pack, learn from horses, and this probably isn't even, like, a valid one, but, like, and this is completely opposite of yours, but, like, if you don't need it, leave it at home, and this is a terrible lesson. I shouldn't be saying this at all, but, like, I just get flashbacks of packing up shit after a show is over, and I just freak out. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you show on Sunday till 8 o'clock, and the drive home is three more hours, and you're just, like, looking at all the stuff in the tax doll that you had to save for your last class. And then you're unpacking, you're packing it up into the trailer, and you're like, I didn't need any of this. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it only takes one time for you to like forget something and go happen to find it in your trailer. You know, so maybe that's one thing is like make your trailer your abyss of your pit of never endingness, but don't always bring it out for, to a horse show to be packed up later. Yeah. I have yet to unpack the trailer from Pino World and I'm just like maybe maybe I'll just leave it. Like maybe I, I um I had them bring back three things, like a saddle rack, my tail, and my like grooming tote. Mm-hmm. You know, and like my grooming tote looks like everyone else's grooming tote. And so I was like digging through the trailer this weekend yesterday or yeah, yesterday to go to like find it. And I was like opening like up all the doors. I wasn't there when they packed up. I left like a week early or whatever, so I didn't know where anything was. Like, it mm-hmm. was kind of like, oh, well, this is, if we were to pack up and put it, like, in the category where it might belong, I bet it would be here. And so I would go and look, and eventually, like, my fifth guess was right. But I, like, open up the first door, and I'm, like, trying to, like, look around at everything, and I'm, like, that's a couch. That's a couch that's in the trailer. And I was, like, oh, that's right. We did sit on a couch there. And then, like, just, like, everything else, I was, like, huh. I'm really glad I wasn't there when we packed up. <laughs> like, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I really am for saying that, but, like. No, last year when we were packing up from Pinot World, it was, like, 100 degrees. Everyone who had, like, been with us had left, so it was, like, me and one other person. And we're packing everything up. And, of course, like, you're there for two weeks, so you have quite a bit of stuff. And it was, like, eight truckloads to get out to the trailer, and it was just the worst experience ever like I have never sweat so much in my entire life yeah it was and like right then and there I vowed I'm like if I don't need it I'm not bringing it (laughs) like yeah I remember when I was with Andy and I would try to see like how heavy how much stuff we could fit in the wheelbarrow to make it any trips as possible or whatever yeah I think one time we got down to like just two wheelbarrows or something like that and oh wow all good we were just going I don't know I'm sure like y'all were still packing up all your stuff and we're just like not nope, we're leaving like <laughs> see y'all later like we didn't put up anything right like there were no stall curtains there was no mirror there was like I just like we had a saddle rack and like that was like literally bare bones and I was like mm-hmm. the whole weekend I was like mm, I feel kind of ill prepared for this whole show and then I tell you what we were done and out though like within half an hour I started picking up and it felt so good <laughs> I love it yeah, we just do it all in the trailer. <laughs> well, we're good to go now. Trailer, you go home, you deal with it later. <laughs> AKA the next show <laughs> in the spring. Yeah, I need to go clean out my trailer. It's fine. It's fine. All right, folks, so we really want to keep it short and sweet this weekend, just like the sweet potato pie that you'll probably hopefully be eating or sweet <laughs> potato casserole. I'm pumped for that. But we'll be back next week, as usual, with more funny content, things to laugh at. As usual, let us know what you want to hear. We're all about content ideas and feedback in general. If you've liked what you've been hearing, feel free to give us a share. Let your horse friends know. Let any friends that really need a good laugh to know. That's what we're here for. Other than that, you can find us on the Facebook and Instagram at Let's Define Win. And we'll be back next week. Get it. <laughs>